Welcome to the show. I'm your coach, Elizabeth, and today's guest is Tara Clark. She is the founder of Modern Mom Probs, which is a fabulous Instagram account that I follow, but so much more. She's an author, a speaker, a content creator, and a podcaster. She actually met up with me in New York a few months back, and I invited her to come with me to a meta event on kids and social media. And I just thought, who better than somebody who really understands the authentic voices of moms? And Tara is it. She's definitely a trusted expert in the parenting space. Her work has been featured in prominent publications, including BuzzFeed, Today, Yahoo, Motherly, you name it. She's been there. She's also the host of Modern Mom Probs podcast, where she seeks to find solutions for modern mom problems by interviewing medical experts, therapists, popular content creators, and authors. We had a great chat. We talked a lot about what it feels like to be a mom right now. We got into some fun, specific, I feel like really relevant topics that everybody seems to be trying to figure our way through, one of them being social media for kids. Also, we kind of hit on this whole trend of like 10-year-olds being at Sephora. <laughs> Is this our new normal? Like, what do we do about this? And also this this thing of, you know, mom competition and judgment. You could probably hear it in my voice when I said 10-year-olds at Sephora, right? Like, am I judging them? Am, am I judging their moms? Should we be judging anybody in this space? So I really love this chat with Tara. She's become a good friend, and I think she has a whole lot to offer. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Tara Clark, what a pleasure to see you again. The listeners don't know, but we first met in September in New York at an event for Meta, and we were talking about social media and how to keep youth safe from it. So I'm wondering if this is a modern mom prob that we should tackle today and what your insights on. Some stuff has gone down since we last chatted in the news specifically, but overall, I just, you guys, we're so lucky to have such an expert on the show. Be sure to go out and grab her book. Modern Mom Probs. You have a huge following on Instagram, over 800,000 strong. So definitely what you're saying, what you're pointing out resonates with a lot of, I think, women, but obviously specifically moms. So thanks for being here today, Tara. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and really get into it. Well, I have to ask you because in your book, you talk about 99 problems, right? Um, <laughs> yes. Moms have 99 problems. And I feel like you guys, she wrote this book during the pandemic. And so I think that there was like an additional 99 props that came out of the pandemic. I just feel like there's just layers to problems now. And it's great because in the book, you guys, she breaks it out by like, you know, pregnancy props and new mom props and teenage, like it kind of goes the gamut. So you can just kind of choose your own adventure when you open it. But I'm sure you get asked this all the time. What do you feel like is the number one modern mom prob that's kind of like, keeping people in a state of panic or paralyzation right now. You're going to laugh when I say this because it is something that we obviously discussed when we were at Meta together, but I think social media and technology is definitely up there and falling into that comparison trap that mom moms often fall into. She's doing it better. I'm not worthy. She looks flawless doing it. I'm wearing four-day-old sweatpants. Unfortunately, I think that that is a major problem, and I often tie that with loneliness. I think loneliness is a major problem for modern moms as well. And ironically, you think that you're connecting with people through these social networks. And sometimes you are, and I've met most of my absolute best friends through so social media. But at the same time, it can be very lonely because we're all isolated in our own individual homes. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that you said that. I think loneliness too, because when I talk to a lot of women or, you know, I do these interviews, 
a lot of people say, you know, there is no village, right? They used to say it takes a village and we, we're villageless right now. But mm-hmm. I think a big piece of that is you feel isolated and therefore yes. lonely. So, I mean, women are tough bitches. Like we can do a lot of things. We can have a big checklist and we can knock that shit out, right? No yeah. problem. And so there's like physical and mental, but I think the piece that's lacking is this feeling of solidarity and community because that would make it easier to do. I don't know that we're doing more than our moms did or their moms did. I think it's more, we're just doing it alone, right? Yes. Yes, Liz. That's exactly how I feel about that. That's what I always, I say, you know, we don't necessarily have an in-person village nowadays like we did 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 years ago because families tend to be smaller, you know, we might not be relying on our sisters, our aunts, our cousins, all of those people who in the past may have all lived in the same house. They may have lived on the same block. They may have lived in the same neighborhood where you could go to your neighbors and say, hey, listen, I need to run out. Can you just keep an eye on little Johnny for me? And that just simply doesn't happen. And like you said, like we're isolated, we're in our own homes. Heck, I don't even really know my neighbors, let alone ask them for a favor for my son. And that, you know, seems to happen time in time again. And so we don't have that in-person village that previous generations had. And and it's not that one generation had it harder than the others. I mean, look, we have modern right. medicine. We have modern technology. We have clean drinking water. We are so blessed and so lucky. We have penicillin, you know, like there's, there's so we have many the nose Frida. Like, exactly. I mean, that's a godsend. Like, I it mean, is. just like, just like that and swaddle, you know what I mean? The like halo sacks and all yeah, of these things. I don't and, know you how know, disposable diapers and all of yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. yes, we are very lucky and we have a lot of things, but the one thing that we don't have at our fingertips, like previous generations had was the in-person village to take after, take a, you know, a look after the baby while you take a nap or take a shower or go food shopping or something like that. And so I think that that has definitely changed this generation of mothers. And then the other thing that's really changed this generation of mothers is talking about this is the honesty that we have, that you and I could sit together and have this open, honest, public conversation, which most likely was not happening years ago. Yeah, no, right. So I guess like maybe they had more physical support, but even then it was probably like, I'm imagining in the fifties, there was a lot of judgment flying around, you know, when women started working versus women who stay home. By the way, I want to talk to you about that and get your thoughts on kind of this, this clashing pick a side working mom versus stay at home mom. Um, it's so interesting. I'm very curious. Um, because I definitely found myself falling to one of those sides, right? It's like one is harder than the other, but to your point, like I feel now, especially with profiles like yours, like modern mom probs, we can make light of a lot of it. There's some a little bit more levity around the four-day sweatpants and things like that. But at the same time, like you can feel seen, but we still don't have that person to call. Like I can't tell you how many clients I talk to and I say, what does your support network look like? And they are totally dumbfounded at how to even answer that. They're like, well, what do you mean? Like I have a, a house cleaner or I have this and I'm like, No, who are the girls you're seeing once a week? Like, who are you calling? And they could say, well, I've got my husband or I've got my partner, but I I just don't have time. Like, I don't have time to go out and, and have this female social interaction. And I feel like it's a huge miss. I mean, even us, we were together with a small, we were with a small group of women at the meta event. And I feel like we all could have, if we didn't have other things to do, I think you had to go pick up your son. Like there were things that needed to be done we probably could have hung out and just drank each other in for another couple hours because 
everybody kind of leaves and goes back to their office or their hotel room or whatever. And then it's like, yeah, we can connect on social media, but we're not in person. So Mm -hmm. do you feel like that's a big piece, like the lack of physical, like interaction with each other and getting face to face? Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, I could have stayed with you and hung out all day had it been a day maybe when my husband works from home. He works from home on Tuesdays Mm -hmm. and Thursdays. We ended up meeting on a Wednesday. Wednesday. And so that's like the one day that I knew that I'd have to uh, have no wiggle room. But I I could have drunk you in all day because it is it's such a big difference. I often I'm lucky enough to to attend many conferences in what I do and speak at conferences. And when you get to see your quote unquote, internet friends in person, and you get to give them a hug and you get to soak up their energy, share your energy. And it's this energy exchange between between all of us. And it, it's so magical. And I don't think that I've ever come away from one of those meetings being like, you know, man, I wish I didn't do that. Like that never happens because everyone always leaves. And I'm speaking across the board, like everyone always leaves these things like feeling so good and, and they're bucket so full. Right. We were talking about like, you know, there were going to be uh, future events. And it was like, oh, I could go to Nashville or I could do this. I mean, to the point where it's like, we'll get on a plane or you even driving into the city for that few hours. I mean, one of the um, Dr. Cheryl flew in from Colorado in and out. I mean, so I do feel like that's really reflective of the need. So what do you think it's in our way, Tara? Do you feel like Maybe kids can become an excuse at some point because I hate to like shame moms. The kids are the perfect excuse to just toss them in bed and then maybe not go out with your girlfriends, but instead, you know, grab a glass of wine and watch some housewives. Yes, it's an easy, convenient excuse, right? You're tired. You've had, you know, you've been running around with them all day. You finally have a a moment to sit down and like breathe for a second, maybe for the first time that you're sitting down all day, right? And then to have the prospect of like, all right, now I'm going to put on jeans and a going out top and like put on some makeup and brush my hair. Like that is not easy and convenient, right? But when you do get together with your friends, like like I said, it just fills you right up. I'm actually going out to dinner this evening with two of my friends, and I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to it all day. I'm like, yes, I cannot wait to see them because it's so important to carve out that time. And it's so easy, like I said before, like it's just easier to be like, you know what? I'm just going to stay home in my sweatpants. And like you said, like watch Housewives and just kind of like veg. And there is absolutely a time and a place for that. Because like, really, if you think about it, that happens, you know, 90% of the time and the opportunities to go out with your friends probably happens like 10 or 20% of the time. But when those opportunities arise, take them, T- yeah. take them, you know, be able to sit across the, the table from your friend, look her in the eye, listen to her stories, share your stories. You know, everything is built on stories and everything I, I think is, is built on trust. And so, yeah, it's so important to just get out of the house and shake it off. It was really hard for me when my son was younger because I would tell myself like, oh, he like can't stay with his dad. And like, I mean, he could, obviously. He can't but, do the um, bedtime routine like he can't I do can. the Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Right. All of those things. Like he doesn't do dinner the way I do it. He doesn't do bedtime the way I do it. So you know what? I'm just going to like stay home because it's easier and I'll see my friends another time. And then you know what happens? Like that happens year after year. And then you start to feel so depleted. Yeah. I think too, you never know if your girlfriend needs you, you know, like, I think that we can say like, oh, hey, let's go, let's go grab a drink or dinner or whatever. 
And it's very easy to say like, oh, I'm not up for it. But you have to really ask yourself. I've started, that was kind of a big motivator for me. It was like, maybe she's asking because she needs it, you know? And I've told, I've had to be authentic with girlfriends that I need you. I need to go out. And listen, I go down the road to our very casual Mexican restaurant. I think last time I was in a Tupac hoodie and a top knot and yoga pants. So like the whole, you're out here brushing your hair. I'm not even doing that. Like my girls know I'm rolling in makeup free. If I have on a bra, so be it. But like, it's pretty low, like low key. And you don't have to drink. Like I think some people too, wonderfully as I am, are sober curious. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you don't have to go out and have a drink. No. And a lot of times with people working from home, you can even meet for coffee at eight. Like I take beach walks with friends too. Let's meet at 738 and knock out a walk. So can I can come feel, for that? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of amazing. We go to the Ritz and Laguna and we walk, um, but it's incredible. I, I do feel like <laughs> there are different things. It doesn't just have to be like, I'm going out. I'm going to see my friends. We're going to gossip. I'm going to have two glasses of wine and feel like shit the next day for what I said and what I drank. Like, I think you can reimagine like what those moments look like. Absolutely. So for you, let's get back to social media a little bit because this is sure. very relevant. It's very hot button. And we had the ear of Meta for a few hours when we were there. And I felt mm-hmm. like, wow, I feel really good about this. Like there's all of these safety levers that I didn't know to pull. And my kids are too young, so they're not on social media, but we're prepping, right? Your son mm-hmm. as well as too young, but we're prepping for this. So how did you feel leaving that meeting? And I want to ask if anything has changed since then, because that was a few months ago. All right. I, I felt good. I felt like they care. They care enough now to engage creators. They've been hosting many creator events all throughout the country. I had friends that attended them in Miami, in Chicago, I think all, yeah. all over the place. And so it's nice to see Meta putting their best foot forward as far as like from a forward facing, you know, client perspective, you know, like we care, we're listening, we're here for you. So things, you know, that that was one thing, obviously, that that made me feel good about it. As far as the the safety features that they have in place, I tell people about them all the time. And, and you wouldn't believe more often than not, people are like, that exists. I'm like, yes, I'm the biggest ambassador for the safety features on Instagram. I'm like, you could set your notifications, you could set your time allocation for the day, you could send, you know, the time blocks, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever you want it to be. So I'm constantly promoting those to people. And and people are like, Oh, my gosh, that's so good. Thank you, Tara. Thank you for sharing that. I thought it was interesting, though, coming out of it. I mean, maybe it was only a few weeks ago, that several states are suing Meta. Mm-hmm. For yeah, so if we could go into that if you want to, but several states were are suing Meta, and then also Meta. I don't know if you've been seeing their commercials have just been all over my phone and even on my television with trying to like speak with your kids about their social use and you know being over the age of fourteen. And so I thought that was interesting, and that sort of like was maybe just a that ad came out maybe just a few days after those lawsuits hit. Yeah. I know, man, I I really want to like stay the course and be hopeful and optimistic. But yeah, I mean, and I admittedly, you know, listeners are probably gonna hate this, but like I really try not to watch the news because I just I'm at the point where like I just fucking can't. Like I won't sleep. I don't I read the news. Me. Yeah. I read the yeah. news. I don't watch the news. Yeah. Uh, my husband is a bit of a censor for me. And I say, let me know when something's really bad or I really need to like be aware of some stuff. So He's, he's good at that, but he knows how much I can handle. And the kids stuff, 
you know, I was at the point where I was like, oh, okay, well now we're going now. I went from like very optimistic to never like this is never happening. There's no way that the good can outweigh this potential risk. But I also feel like the women in that room, to your point, really deeply care. And so that's the string of hope that I have because it's not going away, ladies. Right. Like it's it's not going to go away. I still in my bones believe it's inevitable that our children are going to be on it. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know what other course of action we have other than to train them on that and curate their feed for them and just really make sure, just like driving a car, that they know how to drive it before they're let loose with it. And I don't know that that's anything that we can like ignore. I don't think abstinence is the answer, which is what we talked about that day as well. And I have faith in the women in those in those rooms that we met because these are the, a lot of them are mothers, but they were all women. Mm-hmm. And I have faith in women. So I have faith that if something needs to come to light, it will come to light and it will be addressed. And that's where I'm choosing to kind of like park my position. And it's not because Meta pays me or anything like that. They don't. And so that doesn't really influence it. But I just, I try to hold on to the feeling that we had when we left that, those meetings. Yes. They genuinely care. I mean, that was the sense that I got. I've met them a couple times now. That was, I think, the second time that I had met them. And they genuinely care. They really want what's best for the end user. It's hard when you're working in such a huge corporation that is almost like a beast onto itself, right? But I I think that they are absolutely fighting the good fight. So how do you feel like if you've had people, I'm sure you've had, I'm sure you get inundated with questions from modern moms all the time. Do you feel like this is kind of a hot topic that they're asking for your guidance on? Yes, this is something that I speak about often on podcasts or on my own page. A lot of my users, well, I guess it depends. I was going to say a lot of my users tend to have younger children, so they're not Mm -hmm. there yet. My son is a tween. So for me, like it really resonates because this is something that we're dealing with every single day. Like this meaning screen time is is something that I'm dealing with every single day. So it's really top of mind for me. And, And, you know, with him... We're really good about setting boundaries. We're really good about talking about things that he sees or, you know, things that are appropriate. Um, He's not on social media. However, he does go on YouTube. And lately he's been watching a lot of YouTube shorts and YouTube shorts for the most part, at least what he's watching are like recycled TikToks. So it's really not much different from being on TikTok because it's the same thing. But we were on the couch the other day, my son, my husband and I were sitting on the couch and he watched something and my husband was like, that is inappropriate that you cannot. So we have to like somehow like like fix his algorithm because he's been being fed some things. And actually, you know, what's interesting. He's been fed like news stories that I didn't know that he knew about because of promos in YouTube. Which this is I the was thing, Tara. Like, about. I'm so glad you said that. I feel like YouTube is kind of getting this hall pass of like, oh, well, it's YouTube and it's YouTube kids. And so it should be okay. And I am here to say it's not. Like, I don't think we can feel safe just letting our kid ingest YouTube without any kind of supervision, because I have this thing, my daughter has wickedly curly hair, which is gorgeous, but it's hell to get a brush through. So I will give her like the only time she gets YouTube kids is she'll get my phone and she can open up the app and watch. And I'm watching over her shoulder as I'm getting Mm -hmm. the tingles out. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I don't want to say horrified because it's not, that's pretty dramatic, but like, I'm surprised at some of the stuff that she's fed 
And Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think it's like any of it's like really bad, but it's a lot of competition, kids between kids. It's a lot of girl makeup-y type stuff. And this little girl is very much a tomboy athlete. I'm like, why is she getting fed makeup tips, you know, or this 10-year-old going to Sephora and picking out all this shit she wants for Christmas? Like that to me is a bit horrifying. I'm like, no, please don't. So I feel like there's this false sense of security with YouTube, right? Yes, I I agree a thousand percent because like I said, I always watch what my son is watching and sometimes it's okay. And sometimes I'm like, absolutely not. It's funny that you mentioned about the 10 year olds doing like the Sephora haul, because it's my understanding what I've seen lately in the last couple of weeks on social media is that the younger kids like 9, 10, 11, 12 are really into very expensive skincare. That's like a new thing, which is wild. Girl, I mean, I didn't even start shopping there until I was like, maybe 35 like what <laughs> yes exactly exactly so i think that's wild and i've i've been seeing a lot of moms posting about how their younger daughters like have more expensive tastes than they do so i thought that was interesting so that's because they're that able i mean yes. my kid doesn't have more expensive taste than me because she don't got the money so she's exactly. not able to have more expensive taste than mom like exactly she not does not have nicer skincare i mean the thing no. is this, like they're they're nine years old that's the most beautiful their skin's ever going to look i, I look at my son's skin it. and it's flawless and i'm like oh give me your beauty like give me your beautiful yeah. skin oh my gosh it's so funny i i took delilah my 11 year old she's 11 and a half i took her to sephora begrudgingly, I like, it was literally like I had a return and I was like, Ooh, it's the 30 days. I got to swap it out. It was this like $90, you know, vitamin C serum. That was awful. And I went in there and she had never been in one. Then I was like, okay, we're going to go in there, but this is for mom's stuff. Right. Girl. It was all like 12 year olds, 10 year olds, 10 (laughs) through 12. I was shocked. I mean, little girls in like little crop top sports bras and little shorts. And this is California. So we're going to get a lot more skin showing on children. But there was a mom and I'm not trying to shade her. I mean, you'll probably hear the judgment in my voice. But there was a mom and her daughter and they were they were doing a post outside of Sephora. And the little girl was holding this huge bag calling, you know, talking about her Sephora haul and then showing each of the things. There's no way this girl was over 11 years old. And the mom is just like, yes, sweetie. You know, it was very like Regina George's mom type moment. And I thought, oh my God, like, is this what we have to compete with? Like, is this what I have to? And my daughter kind of like rolled her eyes and she's like, what is she doing? And I said, I don't know, baby. I said, but, you know, not to bring everything back to the patriarchy, but I'm like, listen, this, the money that is being spent on this is not money that's being invented to use or invested to use later to buy property, to have any sort of influence politically. So if you count up, if you started spending your money on this shit now, not only will it mess up your face, because to your point, there's a microbiome, like there's all this stuff, right? That's yeah. like going on inside us that is creating this perfect skin. And you start putting unnecessary things on it. It's going to trigger problems, which then makes you go buy more. And I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, her eyes are wide and I'm like, this is capitalism, right? Like this is just creating a problem that they then solve, but we had Clearasol and they have Sephora. And so I am like, do you feel like a lot of times when we see this, and again, I'm really trying hard not to judge Tara, but do you feel like it's moms trying to do better for their children than they had? Do you feel like it's filling some sort of void? Like, I don't, I can't totally wrap my head around it. That's a good question, because I really can't wrap my head around the, you know, 11-year-old Sephora haul. 
I, I really, I can't because like, I get it. Once you hit puberty and you start to get like acne and zits and stuff like yeah. that, then I totally understand. Cause like you said, like we had Clearasil, I had pimples. I get that. Yeah. But to put, to buy $60 eye cream for a, an eight year old, like I just can't wrap my head around that. They're buying I think, like eight drunk elephant things. Like it's, and Delilah was like, I don't know what drunk elephant is, but it's what all of my friends are asking for for Christmas. And I'm like, what? Like, and I used to work in luxury skincare. So Skin Fix, which is a brand at Sephora, like yes. we have a plenty at our house. And so she might use some of that, but it's not with this end result in mind of more youthful skin or less puffy eyes or. Yes. Like, I, it, I don't get it's it. It's sort of wild, honestly. Like when I'm really, I, I have a son, right? So I'm not in that spot, except for the fact that he has the most flawless skin that I wish I had, but. <laughs> But, and eyelashes too, probably, right? Oh, Boys have the eyelashes fast eyelashes. Are gorgeous. Yeah. Yes. And it's funny. Years ago, I wrote a meme about that. Like, you know, seven years ago, I was sort of was like, yes, give me your eyelashes. His eyelashes are just gorgeous. Yeah. He, he's a good looking kid, but um, he gets it from his father. But going back to filling the hole, I, I think that that's a part of it. I think it's like now, you know, families may be doing well enough that they want to then gift that skincare privilege to their, to their children. And that definitely may be part of it. The other thing may also be, you know, going back to social media, a little bit of social media clout, right? And if you're posting Mm -hmm. the videos and then you're getting the validation from that, and that's sort of a a biofeed loop as well. I wish there was a way where we could all just collectively decide we're not doing this. Like as moms, like this is one thing we're not going to do. Right. We're not going to lean into certain spaces. And that's why I absolutely love consuming all of your content, because I feel like there's levity to it. But then there's also like, especially on your show, you can get real when Mm -hmm. things need to get real. And there are these move the needle moments, right? Like if a lot of women collectively brainstorm on an issue right now, too, it's women's health rights. Like there's just Mm -hmm. all of these things. I Mm -hmm. feel like that's when we're actually going to see some change being made. So I want to thank you for being on the show today. I want to thank you for tirelessly working for Modern Moms. You are the ultimate modern mom. And I love calling out all of the probs. So everybody um, links in the show notes to buy her book, to follow Tara on Instagram. Where else can they find you or any of your content? Anything I missed? I have a website, modernmomprobs.com, yeah. Instagram yeah. at modernmomprobs. Yeah. Twitter, Anything modernmomprobs, that's, yeah, yeah. That, that's me. That's Tara. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Ladies, if you're feeling like you feel a little disconnected or unseen, I'm telling you, follow her um, and you'll feel like you have a little, what do we call it? A social media friend and maybe you'll get to actually meet. Yes. So yes. thanks for being on the show, Tara. Thanks for having me.